0: Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Dylan with me. Dylan, you're going to have to help me with your last name.
1: (laughs) Yes, we did not talk about that before the show. It's Ogline, so it's (laughs) Dylan Ogline. I apologize. Ogline.
0: I know. I had that moment where I'm like, I am going to butcher this. Thank you for telling me. And you are in Florida, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yes, I am in the Sunshine State in Orlando, right outside Orlando.
0: We have a three-hour time difference, and so... Yeah, it's early um, for you, isn't it? Brutal. It's good for me because I can get this interview done before my children wake up to get ready for their online school, and today's an intense day for them because they have to turn in all their paperwork. Gotcha. So I'm going to spend my whole day like scanning my kindergartners, <laughs> like coloring sheets and things like that. It's fun well, th- times. Hey,
1: thanks for thanks for getting up so early and having me. So it's great to be <laughs> here.
0: It's great to have you. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce you, yourself. We don't know each other in person. We've just sat here chatting for 18 minutes. Yeah. Uh, kind of to get to know each other a little bit But I'll let you go ahead and talk to us a little bit about what you do but we're gonna talk more about work from home and the stigma and Such and then you'll tell us all about your business.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So
0: well.
1: uh, Dylan Oguine's the name um, I Own a digital marketing agency called Ogline Digital uh, work from home uh, have for Let's see. I'm 30, pro- probably about 10 years or so. Uh, I mm-hmm. also own an education company uh, that I run under my personal name, just my website's dylanogline.com. And with that, I teach people how to start and grow their own digital agency like the one that I have. Um, that's the very short of what I do right now. So,
0: do you, are you an employee of one and you own the other, or are you running both of them? I
1: have been self employed since I've been 14. So,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've
1: only ever had one uh... job for a company that I did not own. <laughs>
0: so did you ever have you always worked from home or did you ever do like your your regular job
1: <clears throat> so when i you know p- p- like, shortly after i turned 18 uh, the the company i was involved with we got an office like that that was just the dream it was like oh man i'd love to have an office and everything before that mm-hmm. it was uh you know working working at my parents home and whatnot and uh so then got an office and uh probably did that for a year or two give or take and absolutely hated my life. <laughs> I hated everything about working from an office. It was terrible.
0: Was it so much overhead? Like did it was, you, did you rent it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a rent. Um, it was a very nice office by all means. Uh, this, this was back before, you know, this was like 2010. So this was before uh-huh. like co working spaces were like a common thing. Like, like right. who, who did that? And mm-hmm. you know, so there was overhead, but it was, uh, it was the fact that like, I, I had to, sit through traffic. It was I you know, I had to be at work, Kind, you know, it wasn't like a required to but I had to be at work at a certain time. And like, uh, you know, but prior to that, I didn't realize how much of a luxury it was where like, you know, if I'm doing something creative, and like the juices just aren't flowing, I can get up and like, go for a run or something. Whereas yeah. if you're in an office, like you just can't do that. Uh, so I'm very lucky that very quickly I learned how much I hated it. And I learned at a very young age how much I hated it. So,
0: and you were able to get out of that lease?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was like a year lease or something like that. So, uh-huh. uh, I think we, you know, we finished the lease or whatever. But, but, whew, I hated it. <laughs> like it was the dream. It was the ultimate dream. Yeah? I was Like I have to.
0: How many people did you have in that office?
1: I think there was four. So, including myself. So.
0: And did the others hate it as much as you did?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: So I'm really curious. What did you do when you were 14? Your first business. My
1: very first business was uh, selling cell phones on eBay. So, so this was prior to when you were
0: 14. I was
1: 14. Yeah. So this was uh, when all like the the smartphones of the day um, they were made in like Europe. Like Europe was far ahead of us in terms of, of smartphone technology for a certain period of time. So. You know, I got my first cell phone when I was, like, 13 or whatever, and I paid for it, like, mowing grass or whatever. And I was – I don't know where I found it, but, like, I saw one on the internet, like, one of these fancy cell phones, and I was, like, I got to have it. I don't know how I found it or how I ended up doing it, but I ended up f- signing up for this, like, wholesaler's website where you could purchase, um, like, a, at cost – not not at cost, but, like, um, wholesale-priced cell phones. right. And somehow, somewhere, they approved my application. I must have lied about my age. I don't remember.
0: Maybe they don't ask age because I they feel weren't expecting like
1: fourteen-year-olds. I, oh. I feel like they did. I don't remember. I don't. Or maybe remember. your parents
0: had to sign off on it. No, no.
1: I I know because like, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm going to start a cell phone business." So what it was is, um, uh, you know, it was like say a three hundred dollars cell phone or whatever. Because we couldn't get them here in the United States you know there was a markup on them and i could get them for the european cost so like i would buy a phone for like say 300 dollars and sell it on ebay for like 400 you know that's the simple end of it. yeah so that was my i was making at the time i was making like you know, 1500 maybe 2 grand a month i think i might have peaked at like 3 a couple times uh but at the i mean you when were you're f- like 14, 14 15, 15. So i was making it rain I didn't know what to do with all the money
0: <laughs> did your friends know you had that much money <laughs>
1: um it only lasted for like maybe six months because uh-huh. it eventually it got shut down because my credit card processor found out my age so that didn't last that long but <laughs> but between then what happened was i uh i don't remember I know it was 14 when I started it and I dropped out of high, high school when I was six 16. But what happened was, is like, so I started the business. And I convinced my parents to like, let me skip every Friday. I don't, I don't even remember why I did that or how, but I would skip school every Friday and just work all day. So I did that. And then I eventually convinced them like, Hey, I I would love to do homeschooling. So I can, you know, I'm not wasting my time going to school. I'm still gonna, you know, get my education. Uh, but let me let me do homeschooling. You know, I'll pay for it, and it ended up costing me like fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. And uh, so they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure thing, Dylan." So I
0: <laughs> like you paid for your own curriculum.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the time, this was like when this was the infancy of uh, homeschooling.
0: So oh no, I was there for the infancy of homeschooling. Unless you're a lot older than me.
1: <laughs> How old are you? <laughs>
0: I'm forty-two, so I, I was doing oh, homeschooling way. when, yeah. Um, I think my family started homeschooling us what, like, nineteen eighty-nine.
1: I was born in nineteen eighty-nine.
0: Yeah, so infancy blah. Well, I, see, like
1: now, now kids like, uh, like you can just just decide to do homeschooling education. Like some schools, like they give you like a Mac or an iPad to do the the education. Back then, it
0: just depends on how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: I had to pay the actual school. I had to buy the books and everything. So I convinced my parents to let me do that. And I never even opened a single book, never took a single test. And, you know, it lasted like, you know, a couple months. And then I was like, hey, guys, can we just like Ixnay this and I can just quit school? And (laughs) I don't know why, but they let me. And,
0: uh, oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's where it's. I'm
0: curious, did you ever go back and do like a GED or anything like that?
1: When, when I was. Seventeen. I feel like I might have been eighteen. Uh, this was before um, the Affordable Healthcare Act, so I had to get my own health insurance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was through the SBA somehow, somewhere, Like, like that's where I went to to go get my policy. And they required you to have at least a college or uh, high school equivalent. So I did go Is back. SBA,
0: small, small Business Association, Small or something Business like Administration.
1: That? It's a government administration. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I had no idea why, but but they required you to have at least a GED. So I went back and, and I got my GED.
0: Was that easy for you or hard?
1: Uh, I mean, I got like 99th percentile in math and science yeah. and everything. And then I'm terrible. Uh-huh. I'm a terrible writer. So I think I got like <laughs> 60th percentile on that. But, it, but I didn't study for anything. Like, like I wasn't, It was enough to get you through? Yeah, I wasn't a bad student. I was just... Mm. I was very rebellious. <laughs> like,
0: And you were motivated in other
1: yeah, ventures. Yeah, yeah, very much so.
0: Wow. Um, and then I'm just curious, did you ever go and do any studying beyond um, your, your GED? Uh,
1: I've signed up for one college class, not to get a degree or anything, just because I don't even remember what it was. It was just like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I would like to do this. And I do think that I would like to... I I do feel like education overall is changing. The the world of education is changing. Right. Uh, But I do think I would like to to go and take some college classes. I have no desire to to get a degree, but I'm Mm -hmm. always trying to learn new things and get educated. So you can't see behind me. Well, if you're not
0: interested even in the – what was that? I said
1: you can't see behind me, but I got like a lot of books I read all the time. Uh, Oh, yeah. So –
0: yeah, I, I think that, like, during my, or for my generation, we were always, said, you know, told you got to get, like, your four-year degree to get a good job. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there is definitely, there's definitely a trend now. You know, people saying not necessarily, you know, experience has a lot of weight. And, mm-hmm. um and obviously you've been successful in many things without that degree. um You can audit a lot of classes. I think you can even access, like. MIT's classes yeah. online for free mm-hmm. like I mean there's a lot if you're not looking for that grade or that degree you could learn a ton
1: oh absolutely <laughs> yeah like I've signed up for like I think Harvard classes like you can yeah you can go and like get them for free for me I actually do I would like to just to just the challenge of actually taking uh-huh. a class and just just to see if it's different than just me going through the curriculum you know but, right, But again, I have no no desire to get a degree or have fancy titles behind my name.
0: And you're not feeling that you need one.
1: Oh, absolutely not. No. I mentioned that I think education overall was changing. Yeah. So yes, I don't, I think it's, there's a lot of value to it, but the world is changing. And
0: mm, yeah, for so, sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about how you ended up working from home. So you you never really worked a nine, nine to five job for anyone else. Mm-hmm. You've always been this business, small business owner or entrepreneur. Yeah. Talk about it. Let's hear.
1: Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was my, the only job I ever had. It was uh, working for somebody else. So I guess we start here is uh, my girlfriend when I was like 14 or so. Her dad owned like the local racetrack. Mm-hmm. And I worked the cotton candy stand. And what I realized very quickly was, uh, I consider myself like an unemployable entrepreneur. Like I can't, I, I, I come in and, you know, somebody tells me, okay, do, you know, do step one, two, three. And I'm like, well, actually it's more efficient to do step three, two, one. I'm still getting the same result. (laughs) And then, you know, they'd be like, no, no, you can't do that. I'm like, no, that (laughs) does not roll with me. So, uh, so yeah, that he actually ended up offering me the job when I was like 16 to run to to manage the racetrack. Uh, I ended up turning it down. because I was like, I don't want to be I don't want to work for somebody else. Uh, But no, for you know, that that young age, I've very much so realized like, this is not for me, I can't work for somebody else. Um, And it's because it it comes down to me like efficiency. Uh, You know, a lot of people if you're working Mm -hmm. for them, they're like, this is the way we do it. Or this is the process. Mm -hmm. If there's a more efficient way to do it, I want to do it that way. Um, And I, I just I like the um the freedom that comes from from being your own boss and and owning mm-hmm. your own business it's i don't know how to i don't know how people do it the other way i can say that much
0: i'm sure there are probably going to be young people who are listening mm-hmm. who are going to be like but how did he make the money so where did you go from running the the can, cotton candy stand to i mean being self
1: uh there was probably about 10 years of absolute misery <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, I mean, there was so so after like the, the cell phone business got shut down. Uh, I bounced for literally like 10 or 12 years. It wasn't until like I was 26, where I actually started to get some momentum. Uh, I you know, I bounced all around. And I think that's that for me was the issue is that I wasn't I was I was always chasing the, the shiniest object or oh if I could just start this business and make an extra couple hundred dollars a month like oh that would change everything for me and, and I never got serious even though I was working all the time I never got serious and focused on one single business and one single product one single niche I never really focused on that stuff uh, so I bounced all around you know I did web design uh, I talked about this yesterday in another interview where I I, I started a Kindle publishing business. I, I, I took some program where uh, the guy taught you how to like hire writers to, uh, you know, for like 50 bucks or whatever on this was Elance back in the day to write the book and then you chose certain keywords and got a cover made and you know, you never actually did the writing yourself, but you could push out like a book every day and sell them for like $3 a copy. And I was like, that's going to be it. (laughs) Never made much money. I mean, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month, but for me, there was always the background of, I was fascinated with the idea of marketing. Uh, like I started my first business when like Google ads was just taking, like just starting, Mm -hmm. so that kind of just like shook my world. you know, I read a couple good books at the time. I don't remember any of them, but they, it just all hit me that like, man, this like whole digital marketing thing is just the most fascinating thing ever. So there was always that background of, you know, always doing some kind of like digital agency work and, you know, add 12 years of suffering and misery. And then eventually I finally got it to click. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was a lot of badness for, for a long time.
0: Uh, do you have any advice for any young, young listeners who are like, I want to skip those 12 bad years?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the advice would be, uh, I would say two, two main things. The first is focus just on one business. You know, if, if you, you know, have to have a job to, you know, pay, pay bills or whatever, like that's fine, but then only do one business. If you have the luxury where, uh, you know, you don't have to work a job only do one business, like just focus on one business and try to focus in as much as you possibly can. Uh, I'm gonna give three things of advice. Second is Keep going. fail fast, like you want to move as fast as possible. You're gonna break things, your first version of your product, your service, the first podcast you do the first video you put out It is all going to be terrible. And that's okay because you're never going to get to that improvement to your second version and your third version and continuously improve until you actually put out the first version. So your product, your service, whatever it is, get it out as fast as you possibly can. Um, that's advice number two. And number three would probably be um, I like to say be lean, mean and scrappy. So you know, I talked about f- focusing ruthlessly cut everything unnecessary when I decide I like telling this story, when I decided to, to just focus on my digital agency, I, it wasn't a digital agency. <laughs> it was I had just, I was kind of like an independent contractor. Uh, I would just build mm-hmm. websites for people or you needed a banner design, I was your guy, you needed uh, a PowerPoint built, I was your guy like any of this like digital agency work. When I decided to do that, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, well, I guess I need to get a website up and then I need a name and then I need a logo. And then because I got input from mentors, I was just like, no, I don't need any of those things. So I just ruthlessly moved forward at the leanest, meanest, scrappiest version of the business that it could be. And I mean, I had a seven figure agency and I didn't even have a website until earlier this year. And the only reason I set up a oh website goodness. It's because I have my training program and I kind of needed to reference people back to that. That was it. That was the only Ah. reason. That would be my quick three pointers.
0: So, when you decided to go scrappy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how long did it take you to go from like, I just need momentum, I need to just push through, and, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect to the seven figure, because I'm sure people are like, tell me more about that part. Sure.
1: So it was a conversation that I had, th- why I decided to just focus on the digital agency was I had a conversation with a long-term long term mentor of mine. This is probably October, November, 2016, give or take. And my goal was just, man, if I could get to six figures, like that, just yeah. six figures, baby, like if I could get there, I could actually like travel and like go on a vacation like prior to that like I didn't even know what a vacation was and uh you know so let's call it October by March I hit um I hit 1923 was my average per week when I it's weird when I do my bookkeeping <laughs> I don't look at like I don't try to trick myself so this is getting really technical here I apologize but I don't try to trick myself and like, um, to hit six figures in a year, you just have to hit $1,923 in a week, right? Well, if all of a sudden I get a check from a client for $2,000 one week, I'm not like, Hey, I hit six figures, you know, because what if the next five weeks, I don't get any checks.
0: Mm -hmm. So have have an average.
1: Yeah. So for me at the time I kept a spreadsheet that was like, how much revenue did I do each week? And I had my trailing 23 week average because I'm obsessed with the number 23 that's it and it's almost half a year so it worked for mm-hmm. me and it was about march of 2017 so six months later that i hit that 1923 average
0: mm-hmm.
1: um 2017 i'm I,
0: curious oh go ahead if you have i'm just curious if you have that number 1923 do you have the the million dollar number how many how much do you have to earn in i think the week it's 19,230
1: i don't have that spreadsheet anymore i eventually got to the point where i'm like okay i hit my i hit my i changed my goals but at the time it was just like dude i just want to hit six figures and i think Mm -hmm. 2017 we might have done like maybe 300 400 maybe a little bit more than that 2018 we did did seven figures so
0: wow that's awesome
1: but it was it is it, it was it for me going back, you know, I talked about like setting up the logo and, and the website and everything like that. I mm-hmm. was just in, there were so many projects that I was working on where it was like, you have to, you know, get it perfect. That first version, I was so obsessed with it being perfect that like so many projects I was working on never even got that first version out. I, you know, I, there was mm-hmm. one of the things that I was working on was like a job board. I don't know why <laughs> it was just an idea I had. And it was like this job board where like each individual city, you know, there would be like, I don't even remember what the name was like jobs, Pittsburgh.com jobs, Again, I have no idea why that was my genius idea, but I worked on that for like five years and it never even launched because I was always like, I got to build the perfect website and there's gotta be the perfect yep. logo and all these different yeah. things. And dude, I'm telling you, none of that matters. Don't do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Just get the first version out yesterday. Even to get this podcast rolling, I was spinning my wheels for, well, I had the idea for well over a year. And then in June, I decided I wanted to have this podcast like now, Mm -hmm. like in two weeks. And four months later, I finally was able to publish my first episode. And looking back, I wish I would have just done it in June, (laughs) like it didn't, I didn't have to have all these things in place. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I mean, if that and this is not, you know, this is not going to be the core of my business. This is a way for me to, you know, make connections and you know, basically provide people's stories, you know, so that people don't feel alone <laughs> when they're working from home. Um, but yeah, everything I I, I listen to a lady Grace Lever, and she always says, just massive imperfect action, just oh, go, I love that. that's good, and don't have to be it doesn't have to be perfect. And even though I know that, and it's like my mantra in my head, it's still hard to implement and like live it in real life.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it's I'm always battling it, because I'm a perfectionist. So it's, Mm -hmm. that is, I would say my biggest flaw, because it has held me back so much in my life. Being a perfectionist, I'm constantly battling it. It's not like I've gotten over it. I just learned the lesson. And I can reference that and be like, Okay, stop, because you're being an idiot. (laughs) Look at what you did before. Just Don't be a
0: perfectionist. So when you were working, um, and building this business from your six to seven figure Mm -hmm. and you barely even knew what a vacation was, at what point did you feel like you had like, um, well, we didn't talk about how many hours you were working to get to that point. I'd like to hear about how many hours you were working and are working now. And then what is your vacation life like now?
1: Got it. Well, I'll answer that last one first. Right now the vacation life sucks because. Can't go anywhere uh, <laughs> right
0: now. Yeah, yeah.
1: I haven't been out of the country in over a year. Uh, this year, I've only gone. You know, I have fam- I, so I live in Orlando and I have family in Pennsylvania. I think I've gone up there two or three times, and then once I went to Colorado just to hike in the mountains. Um, you know, and I, I'm trying to be safe. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, we can still travel in the United States, but and trying to be as safe as possible. I got elderly parents. Right. If they ever hear that, they're going to be angry <laughs> they're like in their sixties. <laughs> they're like, we're not elderly. Uh, you know, so I, I got, I got parents, I got people around me who are in that kind of danger zone with COVID. So yeah. I try to be as safe as possible. Uh, so as far as, as far as hours, uh, going back, I, I never really tracked the number of hours I work. Um, I, I think, I mean, a lot, uh, you know, a lot, <laughs> like that's all mm-hmm. I did was, was work. Uh, to, to build the business and to get it going. Uh, but, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of what's the saying, like, you, you never, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life or something like that. There's a lot of truth to that. Like, I love, especially now, I love what I do. It never feels like work. I'm passionate to, to get in here, and you know, and grind away. Uh, but now I have the flexibility and the freedom where Uh, You know, we were talking before the show where, you know, my girlfriend's like, hey, there's this like fun thing you want to do, you know, it's two hours away, you know, tomorrow, I know tomorrow's Saturday, but, you know, some random day, it's like, yeah, sure, let's just go do it. And I don't have that obligation. I think for me, if you don't work in life, life's going to be boring. You You have to have something you're passionate about, some project you're working on, doesn't necessarily have to do with money, just something you're working on. And mm-hmm. the freedom to, for me now, I have the freedom to work on when I want, on what I want, where I want, K- kind of where I want. Now, now, the world's a little bit different, but, but prior to COVID, it was where I want. Um, does that answer? that?
0: What about uh, clients? Like do they dictate when you you know, have deadlines and things? like do you have to meet their needs? and just push to the end until you're done or so
1: I have uh, so the, the work we do now is digital ad management. So <clears throat> we're basically managing ads for Facebook and Google ads is the sum of it for our clients. So there's not sometimes we will do a website like if their websites terrible, we need to redo that. So sometimes we will do that. Uh, but we're not, I never really have any kind of deadlines or anything like that. Plus I've gotten to the point where I focused on operations for a while. Uh, and, and now I have an incredible team in place where if the business, you know, we were talking about the show about like the four hour work week lifestyle. If my business requires, you know, the agency requires, f- you know, three hours, two hours of work a week, that's probably putting it pretty high. Um, I still, every day, like kind of my morning routine is, you know, I get on and I, you know, I check everything like in my first hour while I'm drinking my green juice, which we talked about before the show. and Show us
0: the green juice if, oh, for yeah, anyone you know what, who's watching. You know what? I
1: will advertise my green juice. My girlfriend made this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, baby. Uh, it's, um, so she uses a, uh, not one of the fast moving ones. It's one of the ones that just grinds up the, the fruits and vegetables. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, I don't think I have that one.
1: Oh, Man, she's gonna yell at me when she knows that I didn't. I didn't know what it was called.
0: It's not like a ninja.
1: No, it's not. Maybe I don't know. Don't ask me. You know what? I didn't make it.
0: <laughs> I just use an old blend. Well, a blender that my mom gave me. Yes,
1: yeah, so this is not made in a blender, but it's you know apples and uh, celery, green, uh, uh, kale, spinach, ginger. Absolutely delicious. I absolutely love it. So. <laughs> But, man
0: we, we might need to get that recipe yes
1: it is so good and it's you know it's got everything you need in it and uh but for me you know i wake up i, I have you know i could talk about my morning routine if you wanted to but go
0: for it <laughs> we'll get back to the other stuff uh
1: yeah i mean hey you you shut you you set the the, the standard here and what, what you want to talk about but uh
0: tell us about the juice
1: so so, so i wake and up and the routine um and uh, I actually think this is important, especially for people that are working at home. It's not a it's not a hot topic. It's you know, nobody's like, Ooh, what's your morning routine? You know, nobody loves loves to talk about it though. But I do believe, especially if you work from home, that the first and last hour of your day, define your life. Like if you're, um, if you're getting up and like immediately rushing to your laptop, and like, I got to check my emails, like you're gonna be miserable. Like if you're not getting up and like, you know, take, you know, getting ready for your day, you're going to be miserable. So uh, for me, you know, I get up, I have like a stretching kind of yoga routine I do. I'm going get my body warmed up, have my coffee, um, have a protein shake, get a shower, do some meditation. Uh, and then I then I, you know, hit the desk and, and start working. That first hour is just clearing any emails, making, putting out any potential fires or anything, checking up with the team. I'm really making it sound like a lot of work, but it's not. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. My goal is by uh, by nine o'clock, I'm done with any kind of obligation work. You know, so if I wanted to for the rest of the day, I could just do whatever I want, uh, which I do. Wow! But, but if I wanted to, how early work, do
0: you wake up to be done?
1: Seven o'clock. <laughs> seven o'clock. Yeah. So I get up seven takes me like an hour to get ready. And then while I'm sitting here working, my girlfriend will bring me the, the green juice Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, bust it out. And then, then beyond that, um, typically go to the gym or go for a, uh, I'm into cycling. So go for a ride um, and then work on projects that I want to work on, projects that I'm passionate about. So, mm-hmm.
0: So if you only needed to do one or two hours a day or one or two hours a week for your agency, how many days are you working? Or how many? Yeah, how many days a week? Are you working? And how many hours a day? Are you working on your special projects that you're interested in?
1: Now with COVID? <laughs> now it's like, it's, it's really bad. I mean, it's probably every day I'm working. Because I, there's really not much else to do. I mean, we spend a lot of time with my girlfriend and our dogs, but there's really not much to do. Uh, yeah. I play hockey, I can't really go play hockey, because the rink I go to is closed for construction. So hopefully in one month, actually, it's one month a day, they open back up and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but <clears throat> you know, 60 hours a week, but it comes down to it's what I want when I want. So I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I struggle to give you that number because I love every minute of it.
0: So you don't have to work 60 hours a week. No. You're choosing to, cause it's the stuff that you enjoy.
1: Absolutely. That's, I think, I think that is that is the most important part is when people especially if like right now if you go to a nine to five job or you work for another company even if you do work from home most people when they hear that word work it's misery it's bad i mean nobody's like i'm Mm -hmm. so excited to work and it's not like something's wrong with you it's probably because you you have a job that you don't like you're not passionate about it and that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you lazy Um, you're there for the paycheck you're there for the paycheck that is so true and that's why you you hate the term work
0: Mm. so
1: i think there's a lot to, to, to there's a lot of truth in that
0: you can unpack that further um i i had all these things like flashing through my head and now i'm trying to like figure out which one i wanted to say first um I had an opportunity and I've talked about this before and like when I've done my own um, story, but I had an opportunity when I left a job that was kind of, I was good at it, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was, it was a desk job that I never wanted. I didn't like search out to be that. Um, I was doing medical transcription. I was good at it. had benefits and, you know, there are. Things that come, like when your husband is putting himself through grad school, <laughs> you, someone's got to ha- carry the health insurance and, you know, pay the bills. Yeah. So I did that. Well, when they basically offered me the opportunity to leave, like it wasn't like I was fired or laid off, but they were like, hey, we need to downsize. Uh, who wants to volunteer to go first? I, I had already found something that was way, 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 way more fun for me mm-hmm. and followed that. I had to work more hours. Um, I had been working 33 hours a week for the previous job and now I have to work, you know, 40 or more, uh, to, to replace the income at least, but it was fun. I didn't mind. Mm -hmm. So keep going. I have something else I want to say as soon as I can like find it again.
1: (laughs) No, I think, uh, that's actually how I got into, um, my education company was I ended up you know, over the years with the agency and, and being like in that kind of marketing space, I would end up meeting people at, you know, conferences or industry events or whatever. <clears throat> and I was, you know, I at the time working from him was a little bit more of a, you know, novelty than what it is now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would meet people and they would just be like, I, you know, they were miserable with their jobs. And they were like, I, I I want to do what you do. Like, I've tried talking to my boss, and they won't let me work from home. Yeah, I hate Mm -hmm. my commute. I hate all these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how I started getting into getting into mentoring and and coaching and whatnot was uh, just meeting people who were who were who hated their jobs and wanted to kind of do their own thing when they want, you know, whenever work whenever they want on what they wanted to not be a, a slave to a desk. Uh, And I would also argue, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show, where I think the definition of work as itself has been changing for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it becomes each year, more and more people are working from home or starting their own businesses, because it's a lot easier now to do that from home. And, And with COVID, it just, you know, ratcheted that up to 100, where now the stigma, which we talked about that before the show, is, is completely gone, you know, because it had to be gone. Uh, you know, you go back a year and everybody was, you know, kind, they kind of view people that work from home as like, eh, they're not that serious. You know, they're not, they don't mm-hmm. they don't have a real job. And now it's like everybody has to work from home. And they're like, oh, I guess those people actually were working.
0: Yeah. Right. There are so many different ways that you can work from home, though. Like, uh, I think I had an interview earlier this week where it was um, I think people thought that since I worked from home that I had time flexibility and that I could work from anywhere and go to like a coffee shop with a laptop and I was definitely in like a organization that required me to be hardwired to my you know with an ethernet cord to my router and I wasn't allowed to bring it anywhere else um, so I always want to kind of clarify like are you an entrepreneur are you a small business owner um, are you a work from anywhere? Or You know, are you an employee of an organization that's requiring you to, you know, basically clock in and clock out?
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I forget who I, I talked to somebody recently who had something like they were able to work from home, but their, uh, the company they work for, like logged their keystrokes and they had to hit a certain number of keystrokes per hour. Yeah. I I, I, like, this is the face I was made. I was like, what? what Uh is that what is wrong with those people oh yeah Uh, very
0: uh micro
1: micro managing managing yeah i mean i
0: have my company did that like they they could measure like we used a foot pedal for the transcriptions because it was kind of like the play button and you could lift it and rewind and with your foot so that you wouldn't have to take your fingers off
1: that's actually
0: pretty cool it is, except for they could tell, like, how long have you pushed it? What percentage of your day have you been pushing it? How long did you let go? Like, how long did – how many – you know, and they can see, like, you know, what apps have you – or what screens have you had up on your screen? And, like, have you been spending too much time in the messenger versus, like, into the, you know, place where we were putting our documents? Mm-hmm. And, like, you always had that feeling, like, even though you're sitting in your home office, that basically someone's looking over your shoulder, like, the whole day.
1: I can't even – i have a team of... and
0: like some people love it like that's what they trained to do and they feel proud and they know that they're helping an organization because we were doing like emergency notes and sometimes like you know you're basically putting the record in there so that the doctor can do surgery so like there's definitely a certain amount of satisfaction of doing your job well mm-hmm. but when i had the opportunity to change i was like yeah i am that. ready <sighs> wow.
1: that's so i mean my i, I have a team of it depends on you know what all is going on with the business. Six or seven people. Mm-hmm. I I literally sometimes forget their names because I when I when I bring somebody on when I bring a team member on I tell them like I don't want to talk to you like if you need me at any time you know Skype me send me an email call me if yeah. there's an emergency I, I I'm available to you. If you need to talk about anything. You just want to chat. And you're lonely. <laughs> I'm there for you. Uh-huh. I, you know, But I my ideal situation with my team members is to put them in a position where they can do their jobs. They don't feel like I'm looking over their shoulder, empower them to do their jobs right, and trust that they're going to do it. And I mean, sometimes you have to like look at metrics and just get a feel for is this person doing their job. But I've never had somebody, at least in my personal opinion, maybe I've just been lucky to make with the right hires. I've never had somebody where I was like, oh, I need to start logging their keystrokes. I, You know, it's uh, empower people to make the right decision and do the work and they probably will.
0: Mm-hmm. I talked with someone earlier this week as well. It probably, uh, when this episode goes live, it probably would have been like from last week, Jonas. Um, and he's a workologist and he was talking about how that's kind of like the, how the work is changing and as companies are learning that they don't have to have such a short leash on their employees the more that they trust their employees now some people of course are going to be an exception to the role <laughs> and try to get by with the bare minimum mm-hmm. but you know the more you can trust people to get their job done you know oftentimes they'll they'll do it like you know their their work is the proof of you know how how productive they are absolutely or efficient
1: <laughs> yeah and, and i think i'm i'm I am okay with somebody somebody on my team figuring out a more efficient or better way to do something I, yeah. I talked to somebody this was back before covid they owned an agency as well and they had somebody who I think they'd focus more on web design and and uh, he found out like he had a designer or whatever who who would come up with the concepts for the website it wasn't actually building the website just the the graphics or whatever and he somehow found out that the the employee wasn't actually, they were no longer actually doing the, the work themselves. Like he was paying them to they do the work themselves. It? They were outsourcing it. So the, the person it was like basically that just Tim wasn't Ferris even, they, they weren't even working. They were, you know, just giving, delivering somebody else's work. And that person was getting paid less, like say a quarter of what they were getting paid. And I was like, did you notice the work go down in quality He's like, no, I mean, it was it was still good work. That was the problem. And I'm like, so what are you complaining about? What does it matter? If the person is still delivering good quality stuff? You know, in that particular case, it's a design. But what does it matter if it's, if it's somebody else? If they're subbing it out? It doesn't matter. Now, if the quality drops, there's a lot to say about that. But if the quality stays the same, or even goes up, who cares? Uh, he ended up firing. And in some person.
0: industries, that works. Oh, he fired him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got rid of the guy because he, you know, he didn't feel like he, uh, he could trust them. I guess, um. which there is something to say about that, you know. But like when I bring somebody on, I, I tell them stuff like that. I'm like, I want you to figure out the most efficient way to do your job. So, you know, I, you know, you get paid by the hour, but if you find a more efficient way, I don't want you to feel like I have to log in you know, during a certain time period or whatever, I'll increase your pay. It's just like, get this job done. If it needs to be Mm -hmm. one hour a day instead of 10 hours a day, and you can figure out a way to do it that much more efficient and deliver the same results, then do it. Uh, All I care about is that the work gets done. Hmm. At the end of the day.
0: That's pretty amazing. I'm thinking of like there could be a few places like maybe some industries that would work better in than others like um, again I was in the medical industry so like confidentiality was a yeah. big deal um, and I some I know someone right now who is transcribing uh, medical interview not interviews they're are confidential interviews and she can't outsource it mm-hmm. because you know there's there's that you can't breach that but. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I can see that being something. We were talking about work being something that you enjoy. And so you don't really mind doing the 60-hour thing. And this is what I was forgetting that I was on earlier. Um, so my kids um, are really into Minecraft. I have a 8-year-old and a – well, I have a 5-year-old who's into it now too. <laughs> 5, 8, and 9. And on the weekend, like, if they had all of their jobs done or their clean, room was clean and their homework had been, you know, done for the week – they just want to play Minecraft like all weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a tickle here. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to play Minecraft all week or all weekend, and they're always like, "Mom, do you want us to teach you how to play?" You know, and they have other games too. Yeah. We got a Switch last year for Christmas, I think. Um, but they're like, "Mom, we can teach you how to. This is how you do the controllers." And my son is like drawing me a diagram, and I'm like. Thanks, honey, but actually, you know, I'm really interested in what I can see you building your stuff and I'll watch you, but I'm really interested in what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is I'm researching, you know, how to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And even though it's technically work, it's basically my hobby also. Yeah. And so I'm filling my time with something that I enjoy. It's not drudgery to me. I could be playing That I could take over the TV and, you know, <laughs> I'm like, do you really want me to take your turn? <laughs> um, but like, I'm like, I'm with a family like this is just when I'm like, hanging out on the couch in the living room, and everyone's there. I might just be like, reading transcripts from someone else's podcast, or, you know, I don't know, just something. And to me, it's still enjoyable.
1: Yeah, yeah. and Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, and it doesn't feel like work, probably. it. Yeah, it's you're passionate about it. And yeah, doing doing it any other way, I couldn't imagine, could not imagine, for sure.
0: Let's talk about equipment for a minute. I think that we maybe like left a few threads of this conversation like loose somewhere, but let's talk about equipment. You you told me that you love your ear AirPods. I said it. Yes, I, I, I just was going to say these. AirPods again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. My...
0: What did you have before?
1: Before these, I had uh, the Bose, or not Bose Beats, uh, like kind of. The ones on a string. Oh, I don't know what they were. Yeah? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had those. Uh, I think more important. Was, so first off, the AirPods, these are the AirPods Pro or something like that. I'm not very much. Uh-huh. Mad. So it has the noise canceling, which is just life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that, and uh, probably the other piece of equipment would be of course, my Mac. I got to mention that. Like, if you're on PC, <laughs> what is wrong with you?
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like, I have I had to learn both when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I had to be, um, my very first semester of college, I had to learn how to use a Mac and a PC at the same time. Because apparently where I grew up, we just had, like, this old dinosaur of a computer that I don't even know what it was, but it wasn't a Mac. Um, and so I had to learn both. And I had to learn, like, the menus and the mouse it's keystroke yeah. or the the shortcuts and stuff like that at the same time mm-hmm. so i've always been versatile in both but if i can buy my own i'm i i'm always gonna go with apple
1: i i, I grew up on pc and then when i was like 20 or 21 or something like that i got my first mac i never gone back it's are,
0: do, oh. are you on a on a laptop or are you on like a imac right now
1: so i i have uh i have a mac mini which is uh, mounted yes, the to the little square, yes, which is mounted to the bottom of my desk, uh, uh-huh. and then I have the LG 4K Ultra something monitor. Uh, How big is it? <laughs> uh, Twenty-seven or something inches. Uh, nice. That's the reason I did the uh, the Mac Mini, <clears throat> is that I also have my MacBook Pro, so mm-hmm. that I kind of have redundancy. Because yeah. it, sometimes p- p- prior to COVID, you know, I would travel in some sometimes sketchy places. And if somebody, mm. you know, everything is in the cloud, but if somebody yeah. would steal my Mac, I mean, like that would like rock my world. So I, I, I just, I don't know, I always think of like that redundancy. So, you know, there a lot of things would need to go bad for me to to lose my data and and everything like that. So, right. so I have the Mac Mini, which you, I mean, when I... I was surprised by how I think I got like 64 gigs of RAM. Like it's ridiculous, and it was cheaper mm-hmm. than the than the MacBook Pro. So,
0: yeah, I've looked at that option because I'm using my MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. um, and I have. I mean, it's not a great monitor. I think my husband used it for a little while, and he's like, "Yeah, it was a it was our TV <laughs> that we were using <laughs> as a monitor for a while." It's small, It's a small TV. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to decide when I. I don't have a backup computer that's the thing like you're saying redundancy in case someone steals it i'm thinking if it crashes i just need to be able to, to log back in i'm still doing some of this online teaching yeah. and they expect me to be there when i say i'm gonna be
1: yeah there's yeah for, yeah that's why that's another reason why i have i have two is so if something goes bad i got a backup mm-hmm. uh, the other piece of equipment- Do you have
0: the oh sorry do you have the pro as a monitor also or do you just use the one monitor
1: uh, no, I just use the one monitor, my pros. Actually, I don't even know where just it's at.
0: Over there somewhere. <laughs> it's okay. it's, it's
1: sitting, sitting somewhere behind me. But no, I, I never use that unless, uh, unless I'm leaving the office, you know, okay. to, go, to go do something. The other thing we talked about prior to the show is I have a fully standing desk. That's the brand. Yes. Folia.
0: F-U- F-U-L-L-Y, because yes. my last interview also has one, and this bamboo.
1: Yes, it is incredible. They're not cheap, by all means, but it is it is sturdy, uh, flawlessly works. Absolutely love it. Right now, I'm sitting because, you know, if I'm, I found, I did a couple interviews where I was standing, and I found, like, I move around, so, like, my voice would, like, be back here, so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got I to sit for interviews, Um but no, no, I absolutely, I absolutely love the standing desk because it's it's really unhealthy to sit for so long, and and I find that I just I think clear if I'm doing some kind of creative work, writing something, or coming up with a lesson, standing and getting busting it out is is a lot better than sitting and just my legs aching.
0: I learned it the hard way. Um, with the pandemic, we've been home, and I was uh, doing a lot of like. The Zoom stuff, and people talk about Zoom fatigue. We've talked about this a few times in previous episodes. But what happened to me is I attended a three day summit and it was really good. Uh, I didn't expect to watch all 36 people talk for three days, I think I missed only two. Um, But toward the end, uh, it, it was like my tailbone felt crooked. (laughs) <laughs> and I was started to like, have headaches, and like my back felt weird. And I went to the chiropractor the next day. And I'm, like, calling. I'm like, please, let me in. And he's like, did you sit a lot this week? And I was like, yeah, I was attending a summit. And he's like, your SI joint or whatever. I don't know what he called it. But basically, my hips were like getting all mm-hmm. wonky from literally sitting so much. He's like, you got to move and walk. And I mean, I didn't think that sitting for three days was a big deal. But if you do that every week.
1: Do you get up? Like, like how, like if you sit, how long nonstop are you sitting?
0: Apparently I was doing it a lot because like for a while I was teaching 10 hours and I would sit the whole time. Oh. I can stand here. <laughs> I don't have a fancy desk, but it's manual. I can lift up the keyboard tray and then I just have like a couple of boxes I can put my, my MacBook up on. Okay, that works. So I can stand, you know, I've got a map behind me and it's, like me. It, I actually got like a, um, it's a, on a photographer's stand, and so it goes all the way to the top of the ceiling if I want it to. So I did that on purpose. Actually, usually if I'm sitting, it's a problem because the bottom of the map shows <laughs> because I I intended to be able to stand up more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, now that my chiropractor has had a few words with me about you know these habits of mine, I'm actually going over to my husband's desk, like when he's not at it, because a lot of times I'm working in the into the evening. Like I'll be with the kids all day while they're at school, helping them get their assignments and get logged in, and all those things while my husband's doing his day job from home currently. And then I'll kind of like sneak over and use his desk a bunch. And mm-hmm. he's like, "Just don't leave your stuff on it." <laughs> he doesn't want to come back to his desk like all cluttered because I um, we have different habits, let's just say. <laughs>
1: I I would say two things on the, the sitting and whatnot. Um, first is I use an app called, uh, howler timer, like a wolf howling. Uh, it's, it's, there is a paid version. Um, I think I, I just have the free version. Yeah. And what it does, uh, it's just like a timer, obviously, but you can set it and then it, it, it counts down and then this wolf howls. that's, that's what it does, but I'll set it for an hour and, when it howls, I get up. Like if you know if I'm in the middle of like, you know, typing an email, a podcast interview. Well, yeah. Like right now, I don't have it running. <laughs> but but yeah, if I'm, if I'm not in the middle of something like that, I will get up and you know go get some water or do some stretching yeah. or something like that. Like every hour, um, if I am right. sitting, I will I will use that app religiously. Uh, the other thing is uh, buy a really good chair. Like I have mm-hmm. one of the is it Herman Miller air on chairs i probably just really mm-hmm. butchered that
0: we'll need to get the link for that so that i can Had that yeah you know I, what
1: we're gonna put that i'm in, in the, the show market
0: notes. i'm using a really nice chair that's probably like 30 years old it was really nice 20 or 30 years ago
1: <laughs> hey when listen whenever i i, I told the story of talking to that mentor in in 2016 i went downstairs that night in my freezing basement office and i did not have a chair <laughs> i sat on a a bucket of drywall compound that was that was what i sat on
0: did you put like a pad on it no
1: i didn't have one (laughs) like (laughs) it was painful it sucked it was terrible but that's that's where i was so you don't you don't buy the thousand dollar air on air on chair i really hope it's called an air on chair i'm gonna make a fool out of myself but uh yeah you don't (laughs) buy that right away no you you suffer through the bucket (laughs) until you until you can
0: wow was that in your parents basement
1: uh, this, the, the house that I actually, that I lived in at that time, uh, I bought my parents' house. So it's a long story, but when, uh, when I was 19, might've been 18, 19, uh, I bought my first house and then several years later, so it was in Florida I'm condensing, I'm really I'm trying to make this a short story. I'm
0: really you. interested in the story, so just tell me as much as you want.
1: Uh, so, so yeah, I, I ended up buying uh, my house when I was when I was my first house when I was 19. I'm from Pennsylvania. I uh, moved to Florida when I was 19, and
0: so your parents were back in Pennsylvania.
1: Not now. <laughs> so it, they
0: were at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So no, they moved down too. They moved. Okay. They moved down to Florida as well, like at this, the same time. So, uh, five or so years later, my parents are starting to get old. Like they have all kinds of health issues. They have this, you know, big house in Pennsylvania. It's old. The property taxes are just stupid. Um, and I, I, at the time, my girlfriend was like, Hey, you know, we should be closer to family up in Pennsylvania. So we were like, okay. Well, I came with you. Know, I came to them with the idea. I was like, I know you guys are trying to get out of that house. I can't really afford it, but I'll buy that house from you, and you buy my house from me. It was basically what happened. Yep.
0: Did Did you guys switch the Orlando, Pennsylvania location? At the
1: time, I didn't live in Orlando. I lived in uh, on the beach, beach area in uh, a town called Melbourne, Florida. Okay. But literally, like I packed up a massive Penske truck, drove that truck to Pennsylvania, unloaded my stuff and loaded their stuff and drove it back down. <laughs> and oh then my unloaded goodness. their stuff and then got my car and, and drove up. There was a lot of driving that week. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that's, <clears throat> and it was an <laughs> and old house. a lot house. of packing
0: and unpacking
1: yeah it was an old house it was a uh, little no insulation it was freezing in the basement there was no heat in the basement so it was I'm curious brutal.
0: what city that was in
1: the 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 old house in Pennsylvania yeah small little farm in town called Somerset
0: so my my husband um, actually went to high uh, college in uh, I think it was Lakeland Lakeland Florida near Orlando yeah yeah, yeah
1: that's like and southwest. then after
0: that he and a bunch of friends moved to Pennsylvania but they lived closer to like the oil city area. So when you're talking about houses, big old houses, there's some big old, like, uh, I think oil houses. Yeah, there's some big houses back there. Is that
1: eastern Pennsylvania?
0: Western, not too far. I think it's north of Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, I've never heard of it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oil city, oil city.
1: like oil, oil,
0: oil. Hmm. And then it dried up and then everyone left And, and they left all these like huge, like, I guess I would call them mansions. Like just huge, ridiculous houses that ended up just kind of like becoming like decayed because no one was living in them, mm-hmm. and like they were just selling them for like you know a few ten thousand dollars, like maybe forty grand. You could like buy literally like this freaking amazing old house that you'd have to fix up.
1: Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that big. It was. It was like four thousand square feet, but it was.
0: That's still big. The property so taxes then you were guys
1: expensive, and and it was
0: switched locations. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how I ended up, ended up back there. And, uh, and now I'm back and, 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 and actually what happened was I, so I lived, moved there in 2015, um, renovated the house and fixed it all up. And then, uh, this is the first time I've actually talked about this on a podcast and in last year, November 12th, last year, uh, me and my girlfriend, we got a, took our two dogs, got in an RV. And, I mean, the, we're, I, we realized so traveling became a big part of our lives and, yeah. uh, we realized was like, Hmm, we've never actually kind of seen our own country a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, bought a motor home and, uh, you know, cause I can do that and I can still work. And right. we just, were driving West. We're just, we left in October and we were just, we're just heading West and with no, no, no real aim. And uh, (laughs) on November 12th, our house burnt down in the middle of the night. (gasps) Yeah.
0: Wait, what day did you leave?
1: Uh, October 21st. I know the dates because, obviously it was like a dramatic life event.
0: Oh, Uh, my goodness. So you were just, you were far away.
1: Yeah. Long story short, our dog got hurt in Arkansas. She, like, cut up her foot or whatever. So, I mean, she's okay. Uh, But uh, we ended up being we couldn't move like the, the vet recommended it was like two weeks into our trip or whatever. The vet recommended that we not move. Like we try to keep her stationary. And at the time it was starting to get cold. We were in Arkansas. we were going through like some parks or whatever, national park or was not national park, state parks, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was starting to get cold and we like, well, we can't move really. So I'm like, we're driving south. So we ended up in Austin, Texas, uh, for uh-huh. like two weeks, which I, I was so excited to, you know, travel around Austin. And uh, I don't know, we were maybe there for a week or so. And then randomly, you know, November 12th, the middle of the night, I get this call from uh, ADT security. And that was that. But like, you know, luckily, it ended up being, I mean, it was traumatic, terrible. Could
0: they salvage anything? No,
1: no, the whole house was, I mean, it was this 4,000 square foot brick
0: and Mass. you had just renovated the whole thing
1: we were so we i mean i put a lot of money into it i had done a lot of work myself i was I actually like to do It It was kind of a hobby uh we hadn't 100 percent finished all the renovations and uh but uh but yeah it was like it was How... like our dream kind of project home and uh but luckily you know I, I, to this day i still say we're the lucky ones because you know we just lost possessions uh, my dogs were with us nobody got yeah. hurt
0: you probably brought your most important things with you in the RV. Uh,
1: I, I'm not, not really, really a possession thing. I, I'm not really. Yeah. I don't really have any possessions. Um, like that. That the mean a lot to me. Uh, yeah.
0: You had your laptop.
1: I I have my laptop. I had some clothes. Um, you know, I, we took. You know, we had like a little mini safe or whatever, so we didn't like lose the important documents or whatever. Oh wow. Uh, it was just you know like all your possessions and. So then, so I go up there again, this is the first time I've ever publicly talked about this. Uh, So then, you know, I go up for like a week to kind of just like handle everything and make sure everything's okay. Fly back to to Austin. And it was like, dude, I don't want to continue with this trip anymore. (laughs) Like I kind of want to rebuild my life. And at the time we were actually looking to, uh, before the, the, the the RV trip, we were looking to maybe buy uh, like a, like a condo or a smaller house in Florida. Uh, just a, you know, kind of like a getaway or whatever mm-hmm. and but then we're like okay we'll do the RV trip and maybe we'll buy something out west or something so the fire happens and we're like I'm like dude I just <laughs> want to rebuild my life we can't take an RV back to Pennsylvania because they'll freeze so I was like well we used to we were talking about Florida I guess we're heading to Florida so Drove. So, you
0: never went very far west. You got was, to Texas and then you came back to Florida? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We never, I, I mean, we had so many, you know, ideas. It was like, oh, Grand Canyon, we're going to go through all this. And,
0: uh, huh. Yeah.
1: So then, then we we came back here or came to Florida, uh, rented a house and then we were able to, to buy a new one. Um, but, uh, once COVID's over, I'm going to get another RV and we're going to, we're going to finish that trip. <laughs> so,
0: Right. So. Good gravy. That's, that's an intense story. Thank you for sharing oh, <laughs> publicly have, uh, for the first time.
1: No, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it put a lot of things in perspective. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it happened in the middle of the night. So, I mean, you know, no, no, they weren't able to determine a cause. So, you know, you don't oh, okay. know, was it smoldering or whatever, or was it, uh, you know, what if we had been there? Right. So I look at it and I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm lucky. Uh, nobody got hurt. My dogs yeah. are okay. Uh, my right. girlfriend's okay. Like, nobody. So, we're the lucky wow. ones. So.
0: Did your business change after that?
1: No, I mean, like, I didn't even, I until this day, I haven't told anybody on my team <laughs> because they didn't even know. You know, it oh, was wow. just, you know, I took, You're
0: like, we're just moving to Orlando now. They don't
1: even know that I moved. They don't even know. Uh, I actually don't think, I might have talked to one of them. Uh, I might have talked to, uh, to one of them about, you know, like oh, I'm, I'm in Orlando because we were talking about COVID or something, and I'm like, yeah, hey, it's really bad here in Orlando. Well, other than that, they don't even know. I think my background might have changed on Zoom calls, and they were like, oh, you <laughs> have a nice office now, thank you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's see, I I just I just tell everybody everything, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't even imagine holding in a story like that for so long. So thank
1: you. Right, well, it's, it's not holding it in; it's just it's never uh, never kind of brought it up. up, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah okay so if people want to work with you or are curious more about what you do now that we've heard all of this uh how can we find you
1: sure uh well if, uh, if you're looking for actually we're not accepting any clients for ogline digital but my agency website is ogline probably going to be in the show notes uh and then my personal website is dylan just just my name and mm-hmm. uh and there they can sign up for the waiting list to join my, my newest version of my agency program.
0: Uh, you were talking about like an edu- educational thing. Is that the agency program?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, you know, there, there is an LLC, but it's ran under my personal name, dylanoagline.com. Um, the program, yeah. the newest version of the program is called agency 2.0. Uh, it's to, my goal with is to be able to take, you know, anybody, a soccer, they use the example of a soccer mom, or you mentioned, you know, somebody who's younger is in college or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or somebody who's just got unemployed, knows nothing about digital marketing, knows nothing about starting their own business. They're like, I hate my job, whatever. My goal is to be able to take that person. And by the end of the program, they have everything in place, everything they need to build a six figure digital agency. Uh, that is the goal.
0: And the whereabouts is this going to be like, 2021? Or when will you possibly be opening those doors again?
1: So we we haven't talked about my education journey, but that that, that's fine. But uh, right now, agency 2.0, my goal is to kind of get that out by the end of the year. Uh, Okay, it's it's my third version of an agency program, I already have students in my previous versions. Uh, But uh, I've kind of been learning, you know, talked about minimal viable products and things like that. and, And just getting things out there into the marketplace that yeah. was my previous versions of the of the program so programs i should say
0: got it well goodness thank you so much dylan i i've really enjoyed this chat we i, I told we talked about it ahead of time he's like so how long are your podcasts you know generally oh, wow. running and i was like well it's supposed to be 45 minutes but lately uh, the trend has been uh we blew past that hour further than we have in the past, so. (laughs) Setting new records here. I talk
1: a lot. That happens all the time with me. I apologize.
0: I love it. It's like if you get into a groove, definitely just run with it. It doesn't have to be awkward or painful. So, all right, well, let's say goodbyes. And uh, do you have any final words you'd like to share? Like, what advice would you give to to people who are just getting started in working from home or who are looking to maybe uh, change their situation?
1: final words of advice. I'll, I'll finish with this kind of kind of in that direction. Uh, for me, it's not about just necessarily working from home. It's about time freedom. Uh, yeah. And prior to COVID, you know, tra- traveling was just a massive, massive factor to me. I gave an interview recently where this is a, a print interview, and, and they asked me a question like this. And I had a, a younger guy I was I was mentoring. This is probably about, I don't know, two years ago now. I don't know, I lose track of time. And and he wants, you know, he works. Uh, he's like 18, 19 years old, and he works like a dead end job at like fast food. Like hates his job. Absolutely hates it. And <clears throat> he, you know, he's like seen my lifestyle or whatever. And he's like, man, I would love to have that I would love to be able to travel the world. I don't, you know, he's from a small town. He's like, I actually want to get out into the world. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, uh, you know, is it, is it as cool as, it, as, as, it seems or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, man, to tell you the truth, you know, i imag- it's, it's not, you know, the, however cool you imagine it will be to be standing, you know, To have the freedom to, you know, you're standing there looking out at a city and you have a month, two months, an unlimited amount of time to explore it and do what you want. The vision you have right now of how cool and how amazing and how life-changing that is, is so, so, so far wrong. You have no idea just how amazing it is. No matter how high your expectations are, they are not high enough to actually how amazing it is. So of course that's that, that has to do with the traveling and being able to, to go and see the world and whatnot. But I think I think a lot of you know working from home is similar to like that kind of freedom. And and to me that that freedom, however, if if you were not now already working from home and and have your own business or you know can work whenever you want on whatever you want, uh, if your goal is that and you have this expectation in your head. Your expectation is way too low, no matter how high your expectation is. It is absolutely incredible how good how amazing and freeing it feels, as cliched as that sounds
0: no, I love it i I haven't experienced that lifestyle because I have worked you know hourly jobs mm-hmm. and you know kind of been bound to my home office, and you know we have kids, yeah, so we don't you know they have school. We could take them out in homeschool, and maybe this year that will happen, based on how things are going with the <laughs> pandemic. But who um, knows? Yeah, who knows? But it is interesting to think about that. Like that's the kind of a shift that I'm making more towards. You know, those freedoms. I'm hoping.
1: Yeah, you will get there. Um, as far as the family, I I know you. I, that was supposed to be the last question. There is uh, going. there. Um, do you do you have you read the Four Hour Work Week? Like Tim
0: Ferriss?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you follow his blog or something like that, there is some, I'm butchering the story, there's some guy who, it's like one of his case studies, like a four hour work week case study. And it's mm-hmm. this family of like five or six. And the guy created his own, you know, digital business or whatever. It was on an agency. I think, I think it had like to do with music education or something like that. And him and his like five kids, or, you know, probably like three or four kids, you know, their whole family, they travel around the world. They're all homeschooled. He you know, he's spending a ton of time with his kids. Uh, I don't have any kids yet, but like that's to me, that's the goal is to be yeah. able to, uh, show your kids the world and, you know, have this, this certain curiosity that goes into, into your life instead of this dread of getting up every day and doing the same thing. The, the curi- curiosity is a very good fuel for the
0: soul yeah so. yeah all right well let's call it I could keep going I maybe could as well maybe maybe I another have, episode. I have more so questions I'm... maybe we'll have to do part two another time yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> absolutely so
0: well thank you Dylan this is April Malone with yes a work from home with Dylan Oglein. you got it did I get it okay thank you so much thanks Take for care. having me. Yes. Bye. bye-bye